Welcome back to this edition of the Buzz on Business podcast, where today Rachel Brown speaks with beauty enthusiast Courtney Brooks, whose Feel Forward Beauty brand gives vision to build a body line product that you can be proud of. Courtney is a founder and CEO of Tinge and a graduate from OSU with a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship. Hi, Courtney. I'm so, so excited for you to be here with me today. Um, Just to give our audience a better picture of who you are. Let's just start off with how are you? Personally, I've been doing really, really well. Um, You know, business has been exciting. We're kind of at this moment with Tinge where we're getting ready to launch. um, And it's like we've been working so hard for multiple years now and like bringing this baby to life almost, which is exciting and exhilarating, but it's also a bit scary at times because, you know, you're like, okay, well, what are people going to say, think, do? Um, But overall, really good. I think there have been, I'd be lying, you know, if I wouldn't say that there's rough days in the mix of it. Um, Personally, I've been noticing this trend like with myself, but also with other friends of just like mental health being a real challenge in this season. I've noticed it as an entrepreneur. Um, And I I think it's just something that isn't spoken of much. I agree. Um, Something that I've battled personally in this season, like, I'll say this past year has probably been one of the most challenging years of my life personally, mixed with a a time of excitement and exhilaration for starting the business. So um, I think all of that to say, like life doesn't stop. I'm learning that life doesn't stop when your business starts. And I'm sure that's probably something that maybe you've been noticing (laughs) even within like students on campus and in the Riata Center. Um, are you noticing similar things? I very much feel that sentiment. I mean, personally for me, like again, this has been a very challenging year. I've dealt with watching a lot of people that I love and care about deal with mental health issues, deal with mm-hmm. physical health issues. And for me as a budding entrepreneur and trying to start a business, it's frankly had to take a bit of a backseat to some of those things. Yeah. And I've just had to give myself a lot of grace mm-hmm. with that. I think we project this idea that the entrepreneurs go, go, go all the time, constantly focus on their business, perhaps to the detriment of other parts of their life. And I just Absolutely. decided that wasn't a compromise that I could make for myself and for my family and for my loved ones. Yeah. But it's it's hard not to feel guilty about those things. Totally. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think it's so, again, admirable for you that you're so self-aware of because I think a lot of times that's something um, that entrepreneurs don't see or really allow themselves grace. And I think some days, and for me too, like the best thing that you can do is just show up and put one foot in front of the other and trust that that's enough. Because I'm with you too. Like I am in the season of gearing up for launch, needing and feeling like I need to be hustling and like knocking out all of these tasks. And there have been days when I literally just have to show up and my mind is so clouded with things going on elsewhere that's really, yeah. really tough. And I think that's just something that's not spoken of. Um, and we're in this space of entrepreneurs really glorifying this culture of overwork and no sleep. And we like paint it up in like a pretty box as hustle. Um, and so I just, you know, when you're depleted, you're distracted. And so when you have stuff going on in other aspects of your life and in your family, I think it's so admirable and one of the strongest and 
most critical characteristics I personally think that every entrepreneur should have is like self-awareness mm -hmm. and the ability to know when it's like, hey, I've got to step back and give myself grace because you're building a business is like, and being an entrepreneur is really a marathon, not a sprint. And so you yes. have to take those days so that you have the ability to keep running on mile 25. Yes. And um, I think, you know, like I said, it's so admirable that you're doing what you're doing to take care of yourself um, so you won't burn out before tomorrow because right. I've had those same feelings way too many times to count. Um, and I think I'm noticing them just within my friendships and um, other students that are entrepreneurship students here at OSU reaching out and saying like, hey, are you struggling with this? Yeah. And I just think it's something that we should be talking about and normalizing more. I agree. So we can create the space of like, hey, take a step back, like give yourself grace, it's okay. Like the same problems are going to be here tomorrow, but you need to take this day like for you. Um, I love normalizing, talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's so important to add that level of vulnerability and mm. you know some days it's okay just to celebrate the small achievement totally getting one thing done instead of 25 that's okay and yep. that's an achievement and it's great now you have been achieving a lot of things <laughs> with your business and tinge and i am so excited for um us to get to know more about you yes. and what you're doing yeah no i mean thank you so much again for having me and i'm so excited to share just a piece of my story um at my core, I'm really just your everyday girl and beauty enthusiast turned entrepreneur. I studied entrepreneurship at Oklahoma State and had the opportunity to study abroad in university. And while abroad, I really recognized that many of the beauty and personal care products that my friends were using on their bodies were completely toxic and full of nasty, controversial ingredients. And I wanted to be able to make a clean body product recommendation for them, but quickly recognized there wasn't anything accessible on the market in their shade. And I later thought to myself, how can 40 shades be the standard for the face, yet the body category be saturated by three shades of tan? And that's when the light bulb for what is now Tinge really went off. Fast forward a few years, and we're launching our first product line, the Tinge Tint, later this quarter. The Tinge Tint is essentially a lightweight, long-lasting body foundation for women of every shade. And we're launching our line of body tints in 12 undertone-oriented shades, which is the most expansive range in the category to date. And just a quick bit about the tint. Um, it's really great because it just provides immediate results and overall evenness in the skin tone while reducing redness with the ability to blur veins, scars, KP, melasma, um, kind of as you wish. But it leaves you with this supernatural, smooth and silky finish. I feel like one of my favorite personal perks is that it's water and transfer resistant. So you can take a dip in the pool, you can dance the night away at a wedding, get caught in a downpour and trust that it's not going to budge. Um, but kind of big picture for Tinge that's really centric to like our first product launch. Um, unlike our closest competitors, we're hyper focused on the body sector. So Tinge is a body beauty brand. And we're going to market with this body complexion product, but have a vision to build a body lineup you can be proud of with products just packed with active, good for you ingredients that leave a lasting impact as you make yours. I think that's so incredible. And as I've been following kind of your startup and your launch and knowing you personally and getting to see what you're doing through social media, I love that really at your core and the mission of what you're doing is about confidence. It's about inner beauty just expressed totally. through outer beauty. And I think yes. that's such a powerful message in keeping that mission focused 
with what you do. 100%. Yeah, I think there's something so unique. And I say we're a feel-forward beauty brand because I think that's what, like the way products, whether you use them or don't use them, like what really matters at the end of the day, even after the products are washed away, is how you feel. Um, and so that's definitely something that we're really working to elevate in the work that we're doing at Tinge with confidence as the catalyst. That's incredible. Now, you are only a handful of years older than me and yes. I'm still in college, but you started this kind of in your last years of college as you came out of college. What was that experience like? What did you do? You know, that sounds like such a challenge, but I'm excited to hear your story. Yeah, I know you're right behind me, but it's been, it's really been a wild ride. I personally, like I mentioned, have been working on and started working on the very early stages of what is now Tinge in my final years of university. That time abroad and just being immersed into another culture really led me to that initial aha moment. And uh, the following semester, I was enrolled in a capstone course called Imagination. And I had a semester to build a real life problem or a real life solution to a real life problem, whether it be real or fake, like make believe. And I knew this was a problem, but had no clue what the solution would be. And so I just used that semester fresh back from the summer abroad to really dive into market research on the body category, the picture of beauty overall, and use that course to really start building the bare bones of the business model for Tinge. It was wild because I just started building it as a make-believe project and professors were buying in and encouraging me to continue exploring the idea. However, I had little business expertise just from my few years as an entrepreneurship student, no chemistry background, and my mom ended up my senior year connecting me with a colleague of hers who happened to be an Oklahoma-based cosmetic chemist. And what I ended up hearing at the meeting from the chemist, who's still our chemist today, is yes, it's 100% feasible. You're crazy, essentially, if you don't pursue this as a career. And to top it off, I want to be involved. So here I am, a senior in college, saw the potential, but really before I, I could even see the full potential, other dear mentors, Professors, now a chemist, were really buying into the very early days of what I was building. And the issue was that I just felt so unequipped to build a business at that stage in my life. And I vividly remember a discussion with Dr. Westbrook and he just looked me square in the eyes as I'm outwardly processing my thoughts and emotions. And he said, Courtney, the only way to learn to build a business is simply by doing it, paired with how would you feel if you pass this opportunity by and see someone else to beat you to the punch? Kind of if this, if not now, then when and who mentality. And that was really the tipping point for me personally and choosing to go all in and starting to build this brand and product right out of college. From university, I got plugged in at 36 Degrees North in Tulsa and actually had a desk sponsored by OSU in the Riata Center, which was a fantastic opportunity. And while I was there, I chose to just work odd jobs. I was a server at a local restaurant. I worked at Lululemon just to pay the bills so I could keep my primary focus on really building Tinge. And I just so vividly remember my first days walking into the co-working space and sitting down at my desk at 36 degrees north. I was so intimidated at just this mountain that light ahead of me. So now I was out of college. I was sitting you know, in my seat at my desk at this co-working space. And I'm just like, how do I even start? Like, 
going up this mountain. I'd never climbed a mountain like this before or come even close for that matter. And I just kept thinking like, okay, so where do I start? Just imagine with me this, like, where is the figurative trailhead <laughs> to starting a business? And I think I had so many days like that and I just kept showing up, like you and I were talking about earlier. I just kept showing up. I sat in my chair and to be completely honest, most of those early days, probably within the first year, I likely allowed Google to be my guide and spent a ton of time just researching things that now in hindsight really probably don't even matter. Um, but because I was doing that and because I was mentally showing up for myself and for the business, I was slowly putting one foot in front of the other and chipping away. And gradually I was surrounding myself with industry experts and getting a better and clear, more clear understanding of what I needed to build Tinge and this initial product. And now, as we're just a month or two away from launch, it's really wild to think we're just a small portion of the way up the mountain. But it's also invigorating because when I take the time to just peek over my shoulder and look at how far we've come and what we've overcome, it's really incredible. And there's no going back now and we're just getting started. So I love it. I, and I personally resonate so much with that mountain analogy. Yeah. I think the first way I kind of heard that concept was how do you eat an elephant one spoonful totally. at a time <laughs> yeah. and you just have to start doing something but yes. do you have like a, a motto or a way that you kind of measure your success that helps you tackle those things and go one step at a time yeah 100 percent. my personal mantra and it i really started clinging to this mantra as i was building tinge was comfort will never get you to the place you want to be or the woman you want to become how are these challenges and problems really building resilience in me personally and my conviction for my vision, I think that's really, really powerful. And so that's why I cling to that comfort will never get you to the place you want to be or the woman you want to become and just repeat it in my head. Absolutely. And again, you, you mentioned yourself, you're only so far up that mountain, <laughs> but you've learned so much already and yes. it kind of looking over your shoulder back at the person that you were at the, at the foot of that mountain, what's something you wish you would have known then? So many things, <laughs> so many things. But one of the most prominent things that comes to mind is just the glamour of entrepreneurship that's painted in publications, maybe even in courses. Um, but I think about magazines and articles like Inc. 100, Fortune, Entrepreneur, they oftentimes just only give you a small glimpse of the entrepreneur's journey. And most times it's totally a fast forward to the success and doesn't speak much to the full picture of the way that they arrived at the success. Like their journeys along the way, the times that they had to take a step back because their life was just crazy. Um, I think it's so easy to get stuck in the headspace of self-doubt when you're consumed in the space of comparison. And for so long, like I stayed there in that place and, um, was admiring these individuals and still do in their journeys, but I just wasn't seeing, hearing, or feeling the big picture. And so when I was experiencing things other than that, it was like, I, might, I must be doing something wrong or not right. Why isn't it so easy? Why can I not have all the success I imagined year one? Kind of telling yourself like, hey, everyone's entrepreneurial looks different, journey, it looks different and that's okay. And I just think the key similarity is that remembering 
all of those entrepreneurs, like the thing is, is that they just started. And I think wholeheartedly believe that can be the hardest part. Yeah, I find that sentiment so, so relatable. I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome with being oh an gosh. entrepreneur. Yes. And while it's great, great to look up to other entrepreneurs and what they've done and what they've accomplished and draw inspiration and knowledge from their mistakes and their path, but knowing that yours is different is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, looking up to some of these other entrepreneurs, like how do you stay ahead of that curve and like take that inspiration and kind of manifest it in your own journey? Totally. Yeah. I think staying ahead of the curve for me personally is intentionally taking the time to be the founder. And I think being the founder and what's so beautiful about all entrepreneurs is that we have this visionary spirit. And I think sometimes it's so easy as founder and CEO building a company and most times like the only one in the game, you're wearing so many different hats. It's so easy to get stuck in the grit, grime and endless to-do lists being an operator. But I think it's so critical to schedule in those moments of time to journal to create, to look forward and continue dreaming and innovating for the future in your space. Absolutely, I think that's something that budding entrepreneurs don't know. That's something yes. I feel like I wish I had known when I first started. I'm still very early on, but um, knowing that it's intentional and it can be so heavy getting lost in the to-do list. And you're right, it keeps you stagnant. Um, and you know, in this space of vulnerability and really being honest about this entrepreneurship journey, what has been some of the biggest challenges for you and how'd you, how did you overcome them? Yeah, that's such a great question. Raising capital has absolutely been one of the most challenging things for me personally. I think raising capital is tough, period. But raising capital as a female founder in the beauty space, in the Midwest, being a first time founder, I mean, there's it was so, so challenging and just odds were stacked against us. But it's a super vulnerable, vulnerable experience in and of itself to raise capital because you're going out and you're pitching your vision that you love and you're so dedicated to and you're pouring your heart and soul into to people and asking for their response and asking for their like honest feedback. And I personally just had to start after a lot of pitches and a ton of no's and a ton of time just like going back to my car, leaving the boardroom and sitting and thinking like, what am I doing? Like nobody likes this. Nobody's really seeing the vision how I'm seeing it. And that was concerning um, to me, but I really just started to personally lean into the process and started really trying to view the no's as what ended up leading me to those like perfect yeses, if you will. And when you think about it, when you're raising money, you don't want to have to twist someone's arm to write you a check. You want, to, you want that person or that group of investors to have a deep conviction for your vision, one, um, and also just a trust in your ability to execute it. And I think just shifting my mindset in terms of overcoming, which I've not even come close to it, but I think the shift of a mindset again, of even more so than investors choosing me, like I should be choosing them, I should be interviewing them. Because when the going gets tough, you want investors on your team who will answer their phone in the middle of the night and roll up their sleeves and help you tackle the biggest problem in the world. And um, 
I'm, I'm learning just that it's less about the money and more about who you're taking the money from. And on a call, a VC recently said, find investors that love you more than they love their money. And I thought that was really, really powerful. Ooh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> and, and, and inspiring, just in continuing to know that like, we're by no means done raising capital. And just in the context of pitching, like you're pitching every single day, whether it's um, raising capital or not. So, so finding, finding investors that love you more than they love their money is, is a really cool perspective. I have a question that's perhaps a little more selfish because I want to know your answer to this, but what is advice that you would give to a young entrepreneur? Yeah, I would say hold your hand, hold your idea with just an open hand. And another VC that I really admire deemed this concept as like strong opinions and or vision loosely held. And I thought that was so good. And I love that because it's so important that you don't stray from that vision and you keep like tossing it out in front of you and keep that top of mind as you're building, but know that you're going to pivot and iterate your product and or technology countless times before you even get to market and that's okay. And then once you get to market and are leaning into your consumer feedback, you'll do it a million times more. Yeah, I think it, there are certainly so many unexpected turns as you go up this, you know, proverbial mountain. 100%. Um, and you know, We've discussed like every entrepreneur has a different path, is a different story, but is there any kind of overarching myth about entrepreneurship that you're like, no, this is bogus. <laughs> it, it doesn't work this way. Is there anything like that that you will debunk for us? Yes, I have one that comes to mind and it's kind of my personal prerogative. Like I'm sure tons of industry experts and VCs would argue my opinion here, but the one myth that I think should be debunked is that you need industry experience in the space that you're building. I would argue that my lack of experience, like complete lack of experience in the beauty industry is one of my single greatest advantages because you have this unbiased, naive enough view um, to not be able to make out all of the challenges and hurdles along the way before you even get started. Whereas I think if you've been in the industry and you've got experience and you're thinking of building Tinge, you're going to see every single challenge and hurdle before you can even like, or most, not all, before you even get started. Um, and I think just of a lot of really great entrepreneurs like Sarah Blakely of Spanx, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, they all didn't manage or lead any businesses before building the ones that we know them for. That's so incredible. And I hate that our time is running out, but before we go, I have this little fun part of our podcast that we do called the lightning round. Ooh. Describe your style in one word. The one word is classic. What is your favorite holiday and why? Mm, I love... Christmas and I think what I love most about Christmas is just spending time with the people that I love most and kind of really taking the time to take a step back. What was your very first job? I was a lifeguard but I can't remember if I was a lifeguard or a dance instructor first. Oh, One of the okay. two. Yeah. Very cool. Good high school job. Yes. Are you a dog or a cat person? Dog. Mm, I feel that. Yes. <laughs> What's your dream vacation? Mm, I would love to go to South Korea. Ooh. Would love very to go different. to South Korea. I yeah, like that. Just totally different. A culture that I've just never really experienced before, but seems so magical and visiting Seoul, like the beauty capital of the world, I think I would be 
and heaven. So that does sound amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, last one. What is your go-to comfort food? Oh, that's so good. It's not much of a comfort food to most people, I would probably say, but sushi. I could eat sushi mm. for every single meal, every single day, if I had like an unlimited spend and bank account <laughs> and also like a sushi chef, you know, nearby, I would 100% eat like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, all sushi and never get tired of it. Well, when you go to South Korea, you'll have to stop by Japan yes. and go to like the conveyor belt sushi places. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, I've been dreaming. I probably actually have real dreams about <laughs> an experience like that. Awesome. Well, Courtney, before we really close, how can we keep up with you and Tinge and where you're going so that we can keep track with all the exciting stuff that's going on? Yeah, so the best way I think would be just follow us on social media at Tinge Beauty. We're pretty active on Instagram or you can check out our website. You can even join the waitlist for the Tinge Tint on tingebeauty.com. Perfect. Well, I know what I'll be doing after this. Yes. So Courtney, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank I'm you. Such a joy to talk to you and have this vulnerable, honest yes. conversation about entrepreneurship. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. We can't wait to get our next podcast out to you. Be sure to be following us at OSU Entrepreneurship and at Spears Business to see the next one that drops.